From COK Studios in Linda Holmes' home theater, this is Consider Our Knowledge. I'm Connor Bentley. And I'm Cordell Nutbrook. On today's show, we'll consider the rumors that Apple is developing a line of electric cars. We'll also consider some new words and phrases with Leslie and Constance Kincaid in our Consider the Source segment. And we'll consider how to replace a dead goldfish without someone noticing. Stay with us. Support for Consider Our Knowledge comes from OMG McFlippies, now featuring giant artisanal ice cubes in our new line of hipster-inspired cocktails. Come in and get a Moscow mustache or a cucumber jalapeno margarita served in a mason jar. OMG McFlippies, flip in some flavor, neighbor. And the Sean Penn Foundation, making the world a more just, verdant, and peaceful world for self-important, angry, wife-beating, humorless actors. This is Consider Our Knowledge. I'm Connor Bentley. And I'm Cordell Nutbrook. Apple Computers has repeatedly changed our lives with the development of personal computers, iPhones, and a myriad of other devices like the iPod and iPad. Now it sounds as if they're planning on developing a car. According to a report in the Wall Street Journal from last week, Apple is hoping to create a line of electric vehicles by 2020. Unnamed Apple employees say that they are currently working on producing an electric car called Titan to challenge Tesla for the market. Many companies in the past century tried to break into the car business. Watch companies, bike companies, carriage companies, but almost all failed. So Apple is taking a big risk. I investigated the viability of an Apple car to see if they can buck the trend of companies who started making cars as a side project only to end up in bankruptcy. Frank Rampton has been in the automotive industry for almost 25 years in different capacities. And he sees this plan by Apple as a very risky business. Listen, I get why they think it's a good idea, but a lot of successful companies thought they could make cars and they failed. Just ask John DeLorean how his gamble paid off. Apple is not the first computer company to dip their toe in the automotive waters. Very few people know this, but Bill Gates tried to make a Microsoft car in the mid-90s. It didn't get beyond the prototype because it wasn't user-friendly at all. You had to hit Control-Alt-Delete just to start it, and then it would take about 20 minutes to boot up. Gates was smart to pull the plug on it because he would have lost hundreds of millions. Quite. That car was like Windows Vista on wheels. Yikes. I know, right? The Atari car was a huge bust, too. They should have just kept making video games instead. Replacing the steering wheel and all the other controls with one big joystick was was just awful. That car was Atari's downfall. Apple has been very tight-lipped about their whole automotive operation, but one former Apple employee who worked on the car agreed to speak with us on the condition of anonymity. We have altered their voice to sound like a Minnesota housewife. They are working really hard on that car, don't you know? They've recruited people from Mercedes and other established car companies to work out some of the bugs. What would make the Apple car different from other electric cars like Tesla? Well, it would have a touchscreen display just like the iPhone and the iPad. It'll also have over 17 plug-in ports to charge all of your other Apple devices while you're driving around. It also has lots of fun, colorful cases that you can put on it. I want a pink one if they ever put them on the market. There's also lots of problems with the early stage prototype. Such as? 
Oh, well, the car software needs updates all the time or it won't run right. The updates are like iTunes, but way more often. The windshield cracks really easily whenever you even slightly bump into something, and it's very expensive to replace it. Also, the cord that you use to charge the car is always changing designs, so people who buy the car will have to constantly be buying a new cord. It's typical Apple crap. Why would Apple embark on this project in the first place? Oh, because the ghost of Steve Jobs told them to. Will Apple become a cautionary tale for all tech companies who want to join the automotive world? Apparently only time and Steve Jobs' ghost can tell. From Cupertino, California, I'm Cordell Nutbrock for COK News. Now we welcome back Leslie and Constance Kincaid for our series Consider the Source. They're joining us today to let us in on some new words and phrases that aren't quite in the popular lexicon yet. Good to see you both. Nice to see you, Connor. Happy to be here. Now, I heard a rumor that you two have been working on a TV show? Indeed we have. It's on BBC Nine in the UK, in the important 3 to 4 a.m. time slot. Yes, we're up against How I Met Your Butler and Pakistani cricket matches from the 1980s. Sounds great. What's it called? Phraseology 101 with Leslie and Constance Kincaid. Yes, we go around the world and interview people who have new words and phrases and discuss their origins. It's like Top Gear, but with words instead of cars. Cool. So what words do you have for us today? All of our words and phrases today came from our show. Like this first one, Nicolas Cage Syndrome. This is when someone has the same facial expression, no matter what emotion they're supposed to be showing. It is an affliction popularized by the actor Nicolas Cage. As in, dude, smile a bit. I can't. I have Nicolas Cage syndrome. I know a guy like that. All right, what else do you have? Our next one we picked up in Boston last week. It's perfect for cold weather months. No sickles. This is a term for frozen bogies dangling from a person's nose, created during cold weather. As in, I got some huge nosicles while I was out shoveling snow. We saw a lot of nosicles in Boston last week. I bet those can get really bad if you have a mustache. I can only imagine. Finally, we have 24-hour ice. This refers to when you are so angry at your significant other that you don't communicate with them for 24 hours. As in, Ryan wouldn't stop making jokes about my sweatpants, so I'm putting him on 24-hour ice. I've had to do this with Leslie a few times, when he forgets to put milk in my tea, or when he refuses to put the toilet seat down. Guilty as charged. I received my share of 24-hour eyes. I've been better lately, though. <laughs> yes, you have, dear. Well, thank you both for taking the time today, and good luck with your show. It was, it was our pleasure! pleasure. That's all for this week's episode of Consider Our Knowledge. If you'd like more from the best-looking news team in public radio, go to our website, considerourknowledge.com. You can also like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at ConsiderOurKnow. The podcast is available for download at iTunes and at Stitcher.com. Thanks so much for listening. I'm Connor Bentley. Apple has been very tight-lipped about their whole automotive operation, but one former Apple employee... God damn it! <laughs> Apple employee! Apple employee! Goodness, it's such a long phrase. Now let's hear what's coming up on this week's episode of our spin-off podcast, Serial. 
the story of the most important meal of the day. In 1991, something disturbing happened at the Cinnamon Toast Crunch Factory. Two of the cereal's three bakers mysteriously disappeared, leaving Wendell as the only spokesman. I'm Dinah Jones Mallow. We've been investigating what happened to Bob and Quello, and if Wendell had anything to do with their sudden disappearance. Was it foul play? Find out on this week's episode of Serial. One Meal Told Weekly. <laughs>